Welcome to the Jeff and Alex podcast. I am Jeff Hillemeyer, and with my friend, Alex Gonzalez, we explore topics that help you be your best self. And we also get to chat with some great guests. So join us now on the Jeff and Alex podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Jeff and Alex podcast. Jeff Hillemeyer, how are you doing? I'm good, Alex. How are you? Good, good. So, you know, as we get going here, I'm going to just straight on ask you, because I've asked you this before. First of all, how creative are you feeling today? <laughs> today? <laughs> um, I'm going to give myself a two out of <laughs> one to ten. <laughs> ten being like, let me, let me ask you this, though. Who's a ten? Who, who in the like, who do you kind of go? That's a ten in terms of creativity. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, it's funny, the natural, and this is actually a fault, which I actually just wrote about in this blog, is my natural thing is going to people like, uh, you know, uh, creators like like uh, Aaron Sorkin or John Favreau and all that. But, you know, what, what the, I think the bigger question for me would be asking them, how do they rate themselves? Yeah. You know, do you naturally consider? Because I remember you and I had a conversation in one of our earlier podcasts here to ask you on a scale of one to ten, one being analytic, ten being creative, how would you rate yourself? And you put yourself somewhere in the middle because you don't consider yourself necessarily being creative do you not at all not at all <laughs> no I, I like you don't want me i don't think in a brainstorm um i'm not i'm not <laughs> not gonna come up with great ideas i i definitely think of myself more as an executor um yeah i might have a an idea but i think i'm better at figuring out how to make an idea come to life and having the stick withedness to to make it come to life. I tell my kids all the time, like they'll, they'll have an idea and I, you know, without just sort of dumping on their, their ideas, I'm like, there's no such thing as a million dollar idea. You have to be able to execute. So that's my mentality. But like, I think a Steve Jobs would say the idea is the thing, right? And so there's, yeah. I think there's just different ways to attack it. What, what about you? Where did you rank yourself? Well, you know, it's funny. I, I refuse to rank myself yet because I don't know what the right answer is. And you're the first person to ask that question back at me. So, you know, it's funny because I would put my, so I, I'm going to, we'll talk a little bit about how I think there's different categories of how to think about being creative, particularly in business. So I would put myself in a seven or eight. Now an artist would say you're crazy. And in terms of being an artist, I'd be, you know, a one or a two. Um, but I think there's a different way to think about or think about creativity, particularly when it comes to business. And it gets to what you're talking about, because I do believe that kind of being innovative or growing or just kind of executing requires some level of creative DNA. And I believe that too many people right or wrong kind of classify, almost limit what creativity is about and limit their potential of harnessing it in business. Although I think for you it might be a little different as an entrepreneur. I think in corporate, this is where people get kind of stuck in the mud and being creative. Yeah. So, you know, so I started really, I've been noodling some ideas of what does that really mean? And, and even for you, Jeff, so when you think about just being creative, what does that mean for you? Maybe not, not even just specifically for you, but just in general, when you think about creativity or creative, how, what do you think about? Yeah, I think it, it's a little it's a little biased for me because I'm in a, in a creative industry. And so maybe that's why I give myself such a low ranking. Like I'm around. Mm, that's a good point. Graphic designers and artists and, and developers. And um, I'm not like that. And, and so 
that's probably what, where I start the thinking is like creative. Like I, I've seen people create things, um, especially from a digital perspective that are just amazing. And that's, I'm like, wow, I could never do that. I will say though, like my world is business. And so, yeah, I, I think that I'm much more creative in terms of like looking at how a business runs or a business to create. Um, I think I'd give myself a better grade there. But I first start with, you know, creativity, like um, producing something that, um, I don't know, like, like surprises people and brings joy to people. And I just don't feel like that's something that, that I do. Here's the thing. I don't think it has to necessarily bring joy to people. That's it's, it's, To me, it's about bringing something new or bringing new perspectives to the world. And I think somewhere I have a definition of creative. And of course, you could even argue in business, creativity and innovativeness are, you know, almost one, it could be one and the same, or yeah. it could be very related, or you need creativity to drive innovation. So, it, and, and going back to you, to you, because, you know, this is all shows about you, of course, you know, this, <laughs> this is a Jeff Meyer. this is at some point therapy sessions for both of us, and we'll just reverse <laughs> it on each other. But, but it, it's interesting when I, everyone asked you that question before, and talking to some colleagues of yours, or they think of you as being so creative, you're buzzing around, bringing ideas, stimulating ideas, catalyzing things, which I think is part of creativity mm. too. So, so, you know, so here's how, I actually think there's three categories in business, around, at least the way I think about creativity. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and the first one, and we could you know, talk a little bit about this, but the first one is about what you just talked about. It's being an artist and designer. I mean, that's kind of the obvious. And, and in big corporations, you have your creative departments. And, and I think if you ask some people, they think, oh, marketing, that's where all the creatives are and all that, which, by the way, I think is highly limiting and also highly devaluing sometimes of the people in those departments, because sometimes I don't think they get tapped beyond doing the design they might be the best thinkers. Would you, would you agree with that? I mean, yeah, I mean no, now you're I an agency, so you're leveraging them all the time. But I think that's really interesting. You're right. Um, it's just that diversity and inclusion of ideas and you, you very well easily could go the creative department. Yeah. When we need a new brand, bring them to the table. But when we're brainstorming on ways to evolve during COVID, maybe they're not at the table. That's a really good point. They should be. Yeah. And, and, and it just said that, you know, whether it's nonlinear thinking or just thinking differently or just from what they see. And it's interesting, even in creative and artists and in design, I always encourage corporations to even go outside to, you know, kind of get, because part of the beauty of a creative is being able to see a wide, you know, mm -hmm. range of things. But then the other thing is, and these are, I'll, I'll list these two uh, at the same time, but one is being um, a provocateur, mm. kind of that disruptor. So you don't have to be an artist or designer to do that or have creative skill. Cause I guarantee, I know for a fact I've provocated, you know, I've created some disruption and you have as well. Provocatized without any ability to do anything artistic whatsoever. But the other is being a curator, um, which I put you in that bucket um, and I, and this is where I, I put myself in this bucket of being a curator and provocateur, because I think a curator is creating the environment to be creative. And mm -hmm. so, you, you know, when, when people, you know, ask about that, so going back to your question and, and you know, my kind of suppressed, unrealized dream of being a movie producer. Um, you know, so we're going to do it through all these podcasts. Right. <laughs> but, um, but I think if you think about what that is about, 
it's that really inflection point, creating an environment that creativity is so in a movie set. It's, you have to have an environment where writers are able to write and directors can get their you know, visions realized and actors could perform, but then colliding it with budgets and constraints and distribution. I think there's a need, and there's some people in business that do that all the time, but I think there's also a need in business to recognize that has to exist to bring the full creativity out in a business environment. Do you think though, um, people like, do you think there's a correlation between, you know, quote unquote creative, I'll put creative in italics mm -hmm. and execution, you know, bold font. Um, is there, um, is there a difference there or, or a, a contrast there of like the more creative you are, the less of a detail oriented executor you are and vice versa? I, you know, I, you know, detail oriented, I think, and executor, I think are two, to me are two different, could be two different things, right? Because I think you could be in a good, good executing and maybe not yeah. detail oriented. I, I think this is where sometimes um, we have too much of an excuse for not not really really what creative could be. So I think there is this perception sometimes that being creative means you don't execute or you're an idea person and don't execute, you know, and, and you know, I think that question I ask about one to 10, are you analytical process driven or 10 creative is really a trick question because the reality is you could be both. So I think you could be both, even if you're not an artist per se, but I think both can co and should coexist. In fact, I would argue that if you're, and managing a creative group or, or you consider yourself creative, sometimes the danger is using that as an excuse for not executing or the other side saying, well, I'm not going to tap into this group because they don't execute. And I think that's one of the flaws we have. Yeah. And I think both can exist. And to me, it's about how do you unleash that potential of thinking creatively and openly and bringing influences into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. So, I, I, um, in my mind, so, there's some sort of connection there, but actually when I think about, one of the most creative people I know is, is our creative director. And yet he is extremely organized and always executes, but he's incredible. You know, again, one of the most creative people I've ever met. And, and I, and I say that from that standpoint of being able to um, certainly from an artistic standpoint, but also from an idea standpoint. So um, yeah, I guess there's not as much of a, a connection as I, as I originally thought. And, and, and you know, it'd be interesting with, with your creative director is how they rate themselves and be creative. Mm -hmm. And they might even think of other people as a, and I, and I could be totally wrong. They might say, Hey, I'm, I'm, a, I'm on a 15 on a t scale of one to 10, but also, you know, part of their job as a director too. The reason why you put them in a director role is because they're also able to execute and get things done and coach and mentor uh, creatives Definitely. and so forth in that process too. So I think you yeah, had that curator and, and you know, interesting on the execution piece, you know, both you and I are big fans of the West wing. Um, yes. And, um, and of course, Aaron Sorkin being an amazing writer, but he was uh, infamous for um, not being able to not, not, not being, it's not about not being able to complete scripts, but he was so just in time on his scripts. So uh, usually, you know, on, on a show like that, they get the scripts, you know, several weeks ahead of time because the director's time to visualize it and all that stuff. He'd be like, they would be getting ready for a table read and be delivering a script. So, you know, is that 
his creativity so much he wasn't able to do it. The re- reality is he had actually two shows he was writing for at the same time and his creative juice came from certain things, but he ultimately was delivered it. Uh-huh. So, you know, so it's, it, I think there's different perspectives from it too, but when, there's when the other talk- dimension though that, I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to ask you about the provocateur angle. So, so yeah. I, I get the artistic, the sort of the first one, I, I get that sense of creative and I guess t- talk about, the provocative versus the curation. Uh, how do you distinguish distinguish between those two? Yeah, so it's interesting. I uh, I was at a um, one point in my career as, as a, at an insurance organization, not not exactly the most you know known to be the most creative uh, organizations in the world, but part of the role was to help drive innovation, help drive customer experience, and all that. And I remember having someone in there and just this great guy and he was um, creative thinker. And, and, and to be honest, I have no idea if he had any artistic ability whatsoever, mm-hmm. but I know he's an incredibly creative thinker and thought I you to use a kind of an old adage thought outside the box all the time. But I remember he was so essential to have on the team because he was, as I think back a provocateur. So constantly questioning and challenging the norms, constantly mm-hmm. thinking, well, what if we did it this way? And sometimes it seemed just out of the norm and random, but the reality, it was different. So I, now again, the way I interpret it is that our, you know, is that, does that have artistic value or whatever? No, but if you think about kind of, I'm going to paint my business landscape this way. I mean, that's as much as a creative at anything else in business and in yeah. organizations that are designed to be very linear, very straightforward to have someone in there that could be more provocative to have you have a broader canvas. And I guess to me that everything's about an analogy of business to arts, which, which is why I love the collision of it. But that to me is a provocateur is really pushing boundaries and, right. and, and, and where do businesses tend to go when they want some new ideas? They tend to go to agencies. They tend to go to consultants. They tend to go out yeah, in many right. cases. Right. And so I would argue, you know, who's a provocateur in your organization, you know, that kind of pushes boundaries. Yeah. And I know, do you have a, prov- are you the provocateur for a dragon army? I think, I think for the most part, I think for the most part, um, but it's easier for me to be that because every pretty much everybody else at the company has a, a sort of a very specific role. Um, yeah. and, and as a, as a, the more you move into leadership and we're small enough where the leaders of departments still are executing and, and delivering. So I think I have the freedom to be, you know, uh, the sort of contrarian a little bit. Um, but I think it's in a lot of my team. I mean, we definitely, you know, we, we mm. think of ourselves as creative problem solvers. That's, that's how we sort of define ourselves. And I think to do that, you have to be, able to question norms and um, break down walls and so forth. So um, now, that's interesting. You tell me creative problem solvers, which is almost, you know, a lot of this kind of packaged into one. So do you um, maybe test is the wrong word, but do you screen or test for some sort of creative thinking or creative ability as you bring people on board? That's a really good question, Alex. Uh, I, we, we, <laughs> You know, we do all the typical things of like, you know, checking to see if the person can do the job. Right. Um, we work hard not to limit that to have they done the job before um, specifically, because that's an easy trap to fall into, especially when you're focused on diversity and inclusion. Um, mm-hmm. But we, we work hard on the culture side of that equation to make sure that the person's going to be a good fit. Um, but within, you know, our, our, our values are, um, 
are more about how, how to behave. I don't know that we really, really dig deep into creative problem solving um, in the interview process. Now, of course, maybe my team members who do a lot of the interviewing would, would laugh that I don't know that we do that. So maybe we do have ways to do that. <laughs> and maybe the combination that. of those cultural attributes you talk about lead to that. And perhaps yeah. the things that make a, you know, a, a dragon, a dragon, a dragon army is naturally to bring that into it. Um, and, and I think there's some comfort levels too. Now, how do you think, because you work obviously very closely with CMOs and we both, you know, of course, so many CMOs out there, but when you think about um, the kind of spectrum of CMOs, do you view them as the most creative executives in a company or how do you, or do you view the full gamut I, in terms of Do I of think that? they are or do I think they should be? Um, both questions. So should they be and are they in what you um, see? I, I don't think they are. I don't think they are. Um, I think they're, um, I think because of the nature of the role um, and the pressure that's put on CMOs um, that's interesting. to deliver results, like, you know, you and I both know, I think it's like the average tenure of a CMO is between 18 and 24 months, which is yep. a very short period of time. And, and so I think CMOs naturally, and, and, you know, we know people in lots of different roles and, and I would guess the ones that are moving between positions the most are our chief marketing officer friends. Um, and so I do think that there's pressure there that maybe hurts their ability to think outside the box as much as they have to deliver results for, for a CEO. Um, so I don't know that they are, I think that they should, I think there should be an element of that for sure. Um, but they probably need to your going back to your point of, um, provocateurs within their team. Right. To listen to, um, I remember, um, Paul Brown, uh, CEO yeah. of uh, Inspire, um, he told me once that um, if he goes to one of his leaders and is suggesting new ideas, um, then something has gone wrong, that they should be coming mm. to him and challenging him on the way things are running, not him challenging them. And so he, I know he tries to, to uh, bring in executives that do that. That can be a hard thing to do when you have a, you know, a, very um, significant leader like him. Um, but I think that's what I would, if I was a CMO, I, I would want to be able to think creatively for sure, but I would also want to put people around me that challenge all the time and are always asking the right questions. Yeah. And it's interesting because I think, um, cause if you think about the functions of a company, um, you know, you, you have your sales organizations, you have your finance and all that and legal and, it's like, wow, where would, where can, what, when does I do think creative should reside amongst yeah. all? Cause as crazy as people say, this might sound, you could creatively think inside finance. It doesn't mean you're going to be you're yeah. cooking the books, but I mean, you, you know, you run into certain problems and anyways, but you know, it's interesting though with marketing, perhaps strategy, perhaps product. Yeah, like where do you answer that? Because, because you certainly have been in the marketing world, but, but also I think of you more as on the strategy and, yeah. and innovation side of things, that leader, you know, you've been a, a chief innovation officer. Should that person be super creative or should they have? I think they need to be, I think they need to be able to cultivate it, whether they themselves have the artistic and design abilities or whether they themselves are provocateurs at minimum, they have to be incredible curators. And I do think particularly even for CMOs, so, you know, whether, and, and you and I uh, discussed, the range of CMOs and and there's a lot of discussions about what that role is about. And it could range from being just, you know, kind of traditional 
promotion and advertising all the way to being a strategist and the growth leader for the organization, hopefully more towards that end. No matter where it is in the spectrum, you need to, to me, it's a one, fun, one of the functions, um, the other being strategy innovation, where creativity needs to be able to flourish somehow. Yeah. And, that, and I would argue, I guess the Paul Brown example is, I think being that curator means that they're able to, to inspire an incredibly creative team within their team, um, even if it's a section of their team or a cultivation of the teams, and then be able to flip and like a movie producer, now let me pitch why, you know, this is going to create a hundred yeah. million dollars or, or yeah. protect that creative culture uh, within it, even if it's not as transparent to the rest of the organization because of what the mechanics are. So it's interesting you mentioned that about with the CMO that I think you're right. There's so much pressure now to deliver results that it's real easy to get into kind of the linear way to deliver yeah. results versus being nonlinear in it. It's interesting you mentioned um, legal and finance and these other roles. Um, I was told very specifically when I was early in my career and putting together my first advisory board for my company. So not an actual mm -hmm. board where we're voting, but an advisory board, which is really to help give advice, to help you see around corners, to think big. Um, I was told very specifically, don't have anyone from a legal perspective on that in that group because their whole role is really to protect you. And so if you know they're trained to look at all the problems, which is a is very important, as you know, in business to have somebody doing that. But if you put them in the room, and I don't know that I would ever have used the word creative, but that is essentially what an advisory board should be. It's a, it's a creative right. group thinking about your business. And if you put legal in there, they're wired to, to everything, you know, that's being discussed, go, oh, here's all the ways that, that can hurt you. And again, that's a, that's a very important role. And I love my legal friends, but opposite almost of creative, right? Right. But, but you know, it's interesting on that, though. Um, I, I remember when I was running a business unit and, um, and you know, legal is an important part of that. There was the aspect of having good folks in legal. And just like in any other function, the easy answer is always no. Mm -hmm. Right. So here's the thing. What's it? Oh, no. The more challenging and you could answer as you could say it's a strategic or more creative answer or whatever is here is the risk but here's how we might be able to do this yeah and then understand there's always boundaries where okay now we're breaking a law or breaking contracts or whatever there's a there's a limit but there's somewhere in between yeah. and this is where i say that there's some aspect call it creative thinking creative problem solving whatever it is i think that even it could exist in legal in terms of, you know, here's the parameters we're working with then the easy thing is to go this direction, which is a hard no to let me get right. you somewhere here. And then you as a business leader, make a decision. That's right. Yep. Now, now it's interesting talking about lawyers too. Um, and I love that you mentioned that because um, I, I always, and people are always surprised that I mentioned this, but to me, one of the more kind of creative brand builders here in our hometown of Atlanta is a lawyer. And you know him, but you know, if you look at the, the growth of Atlanta United, in fact, happen to be wearing their shirt as, as we record, they'll be playing tonight. Um, but um, Darren Eels, yeah. um, you know, is a lawyer or has a, his a law degree. He came I on the contract side. I forgot that, I think. That's amazing because yeah. he is very creative in the sense that we've been talking. Yeah, he's, when you think about it, he's a curator. I mean, I think he, you know, he has incredible ideas himself. Now, I, I doubt I could be totally wrong. He might be 
incredibly artistic and all that. I have no idea. And, and I know he appreciates the arts and, and all that, but you think about what he had to do to creatively problem solve, but also at least creating this nurturing environment that he has some incredibly creative people around him in marketing and brand and customer experience to build this Atlanta United brand in a very different way. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, I can't tell you how many times, and by the way, especially in the marketing world, when I mention uh, Darren's background, people are shocked. Yeah. I've had very senior marketers go, oh no, he's, he's, he's obviously has a marketing background. I'm like, no, yeah. you know, he's a lawyer. Now, you know, he, you know, wasn't, hasn't been practicing law, but the point being is that, I, you know, I'd like to say that all those constraints in his brain, you know, he has all these things and this training combination of his life experience led him to think the way he is. But, but, you know, but so I love looking at that. You have someone like, you know, Ford Fry, who's a chef and you think, well, you know, yeah, right. clearly he's going to be creative and he is, but by the way, he's also a good business guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you have someone like Darren, who's, uh, you know, the unsuspecting creative, I would argue. Do you, um, do you wish, cause you, cause, cause I know you, you, you've, as you said, you've got a, a blog post, you've written about creativity. Yeah. Do you, are you happy with your level of creativity? Do you wish you were more creative or, or does it get in the way sometimes you're too creative? Um, so I wish that throughout my career, I probably unleashed it more. Mm. Um, I didn't realize, and again, I don't, you know, someone will say you're not creative and you're right in the traditional sense of being artistic, but in terms of being nonlinear and being able to be comfortable with the open canvas, to create something new, very comfortable. And I wish throughout my career, I've unleashed that more. Mm. Um, and, uh, and in terms of where it is now, I think I'm at the point of, I'm starting to hone it and nurture it and be more comfortable with that. And it's interesting in this journey too, I'm, tr- I'm starting to appreciate the arts more, which I think is interesting too. Yeah. Um, you know, particularly, um, uh, you know, on the writing side, I've really become obsessed of, you know, uh, particularly when it comes to screenplays and all that of understanding who is the writer and what's the artistic element of it. And what's, what were they thinking when they were writing this? And I find myself now, which is kind of cool because now it's made me, it's kind of led me into other life passions so as I've tried to unleash that within me, it's actually got me to be more interested and even deeper into the arts as well, too. Interesting. Okay. Okay. And so I think it's symbiotic. So I think when some people say, well, why should I take a bunch of business people to, you know, think openly or go to a museum yeah. or whatever? Now, here is a mistake, though, um, I think happens in particularly big businesses where they're like creativity equals brainstorm. So I'm going to we're going to lock some people in the room. And I think there's an IBM commercial several years back that kind of made fun of uh, creative agencies or creative innovation firms. That's all they did. Right. And so they were trying to make it like we do more than that, but they would say, Hey, we're getting people in the room lying down, closing their eyes, acting like they're in meditation and, and just think of ideas. So I do think that um, I, I do get frustrated um, when I see companies or frankly, I see sometimes consultants who just go in to say, here's a brainstorm. Now we're done being creative and we're done. Brainstorming is super important. It's a continuous part of any process. Um, ideation is important. Sometimes it's more complex. Sometimes it's multiple days, whatever. But great, my goodness, creativity doesn't end there. You're just beginning yeah. there. Because yeah. the, the, the realities of insights to problem solving, all that is going to continue throughout the process. It's, it's interesting, though, that example is the is the exact reason why um, I say that, like, I, I try to focus more on execution and following through than mm. 
big ideas because as you know, there, there are a lot, whether they're lying down with their eyes closed, but there are a lot of those brainstorming meetings, right? And most of the time, I would, I would dare say over 90% of the time, any leadership team or executive team that has an offsite or a brainstorm and they come up with this great idea or this handful of great ideas, they almost never follow through on them. Right. Back to their normal routine and it gets lost or it never builds momentum. Nobody owns it. And so I would rather have um, a, a decent idea well executed than the world's greatest idea not executed. And, you know, I think as at least that's where I've aired. Yeah. And look, maybe it's why I've never had a, you know, thousand person company yet. Um, maybe that's the difference between me and say Ben Chestnut. Um, you know, he, he, he may have continued to push um, on the creative side, whereas I maybe started it, but then leaned into let's execute, let's get, let's get organized around this. Let's do the job. Um, and that may limit the growth that I have. Certainly like an Elon Musk and, and jobs mm-hmm. and these people are big thinkers always and pushing everybody around them. Um, but that's, I think that's why I go to like, that's why I, the, as we started this, I, I drew that line, which I, which I think it's, you know, a, a, a more blurry line since our conversation, but a line between those things. Cause I see the, I've seen teams get super excited about an idea. And then six months later, no one can even remember it because nobody did anything with it. And it's like, well, that was a waste. All that did is get people excited about something that was never going to happen. Yeah, and it's interesting. You mentioned Ben Chestnut, of course, we've had on the Disruptor Studio, and we talked specifically about creativity and creative process. I think his company nurtures creativity within a company better than anybody else I've seen or put it up with anybody else. But he specifically had mentioned it isn't about the one big idea. It's about constant iteration. And, you know, he, he calls it, a, I forget if it's his toolkit or, or kind of put it in a sandbox, whatever it is. But you talk about that he's they're constantly trying to inspire ideas or or get their employees to think of things. And as you said, that sometimes it may not be the right time for it, but they always have a place to put that idea. Yeah. And it could be something that comes down later. So it's almost having it's like he's creating a repository of smaller ideas that could lead end up being something big. And I think that's the key, because I think you're right. I think too many times these quote unquote brainstorm stations, one one time, first of all. If you think about what Ben just talked about in MailChimp, it shows that there's constant iteration of ideas happening throughout it because you learn something. When you talk to a customer, that's when sometimes the best ideas come in, not when you're in a brainstorm session, right? It's just when you're at your desk and a problem comes up. But I think with the brainstorm, it is sometimes going for that singular one big idea. And I think some, and one, and then two, it's not tied to any of the processes of the companies. And I think that's usually the flaw. And we've, you know, when you talk about strategy processes, how do you tie this ideation to accountability to what you're going to do down the road? But I think those ideations to create a portfolio of ideas or a range of ideas or spectrums of ideas where the big idea could be here, but the real idea is somewhere not close to it. So, so I think that's, but, but, but then again, you go back to these brainstorm. I think this is where, it's sometimes, and even for executives, I've talked to those who facilitate those, sometimes it gives, you know, creative thinking a bad name in companies because you have a CEO going to, like you just mentioned, what did I get out of that? Yeah. Or is yeah. this a retreat, just a vacation? And I, I think this is where how you structure that is really important. And, and having, I think it's more important to have the DNA, the talent, the people who are constantly thinking and connecting into something creative when real problems occur. I think that's yeah. the real power of creativity. I, you know, that there's a phrase that I love, which is conce- uh, 
um, not concession. Um, the when everybody agrees, I can't believe I can't think of the word. <laughs> um, <laughs> when everybody gets to a point where we all agree in the room that this is the idea. Um, that, oh yeah. Um, that that's yeah, the, yeah, you got me blocked. Yeah, <laughs> that's the enemy of innovation. Consensus, 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 and groupthink. Uh, yeah, yeah, that 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 that's the enemy of um, innovation, and so there is a there is sort of a balancing act of what you talked about, which is you know will this idea exist or or you know be able to work within our system or something? You got to you got to be careful with that, right? Because too much of that, the idea will never come to fruition. And this is why I think it's really important to have provocateurs in the organization and, and have people who could push boundaries. And especially if you are going to organize some structured brainstorm, or whatever. Um, one thing is it's never going to happen in four hours, you know, two yeah. you, I've heard people, hey, I'm going to have a two hour brainstorm. I'm like, okay, what, 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 what are you, you're just having a meeting. You're yeah. just having a meeting with an extra break. You know, it's not, you're not really doing anything. You're not letting people disconnect from the constraints right. of their company. You, so that's the thing that you got to do. It cannot be. And not that this whole session here is about brainstorming equals creativity. But I'm saying if you're going to do it, do it right. It, it is not about a two or four hours. Have multiple days, allow people to disconnect, have people rearrange thinking, have diversity in the group. You got to have a provocateur. And I've mentioned this uh, gentleman's name before, uh, a guy who really influenced me in about how to think about being a provocateur and disruptive. Andy Stefanovich, who's kind of, I've worked with him when I was a GE and at Equifax and at other organizations, and he's worked with big companies. And he, was, he is the best I know at going into a session and getting people to not groupthink. And, and there is a pattern and there are people that you want to bring into the room to understand when does group think about happening and how do I break it up? Now, guess who gets frustrated with that? Sometimes CEOs, mm -hmm. sometimes a CFO in the room because they're like, wow, we're getting to a consensus. And I think a curator as well or a provocateur, but particularly a curator is going to know, yeah, we're not ready yet. Yeah. We need to suspend reality for a little bit because that was almost too easy. Yeah. So we need to drive a little bit more creative thinking. We're getting to group think. We're solving the obvious. And I think for me, this is all about if my competition, if I could solve it in two hours, my competition probably <laughs> solved it in yeah. one. Right. So, you know, how do you keep breaking that down? So I think and that's I, part of it as well. I think this is why I wrote the five day turnaround in my first book, because um, which, which is sort of focused on how to lead like an entrepreneur, because I just saw that, there's and and it and it's almost the opposite of the brainstorming meeting. It's how do you every day in in all your decisions think yeah. differently and think creatively. I, I don't know that I even use the word creative in in the book, but I think that's where my my creativity comes is around entrepreneurial thinking, entrepreneurship. Um, but that to me is like you you can have your big brainstorming meeting and come up with the world's greatest idea, but if it's not inherent in sort of the way you lead day to day and the way your company behaves day to day, then A, it's probably never going to happen. But B, those little moments of uh, yep. creative thought that need to happen just, just aren't going to be there. Everybody's going to be protective. And, um, you know, it's the innovator's dilemma. It's like we built this great thing. Now let's protect it, protect it, protect it, and not continue to innovate and think differently. So I think it's the rare company that grows that is able to, it'll be really interesting to see MailChimp the next 10 years. And as they as they continue to get bigger, you know, like are they able to keep keep doing that? Um, I, I think they will because they've got that core DNA with with Ben and Dan. But like that'll be interesting. 
And, and for them, it's also um, a, a deliberacy of culture too. So, uh, you know, I think with, with Ben and Dan, they're always thinking about what's a culture we want to nurture and what does that look like for the next, I'm going to say 10 years. They think about the year and all that in terms of the constant evolution. And I think that's always a big gap as well too. And by the way, I think it's also important. It lets you let, let your employees experience, you know, life, let them ex- explore arts, let them have, field trips, if they're going on a business trip, let them really see, you know, through the eyes, almost like a, almost like a curator, you know, let them just bring all their experiences into it. Cause I think that's what great artists do as yeah. it is. So whether instead of, you know, creating a beautiful painting, writing music, writing, writing a play, you're, you're, you know, you're creating opportunity experiences for your customers. So you need to have those influences right. as well too. That's right. So, so well, good. Well, Jeff, now we, I think we've determined that, you know, you are, you know, probably like a 15 on the scale one to 10 when it comes <laughs> I was going to, I was going to upgrade myself from a two to a three, but um, <laughs> we'll keep working on it. Well, we'll maybe have your, your entire team show up in one of these shows and we'll do like a self-evaluation <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> have yeah. different attributes we could measure on. That'll be fun. That would be great. <laughs> but yeah, but good. But look, you know, so, uh, so good, good discussion here. And, you know, obviously we didn't even get into some, some of the fun creative things about about like our favorite, you know, Apple TV shows or whatever, some of our networks, which, which frankly has been a great artistic outlet to, to see all the great writing and all that. And to my earlier point, it's been cool to kind of appreciate some of the things behind that, you know, beyond just, uh, just watching the shows. But so anyway, so that's, uh, so that's about being creative. And, and from my perspective, anybody wants to check it out, I wrote a, a blog um, and we'll, we'll put a link here in the show notes and, you know, especially talking about being a curator, a provocateur or an artist and designer and companies. It's all very possible. But thanks for listening to the Jeff and Alex podcast, Jeff. Thank, nice to see you again. Yeah, you too, Alex. And uh, we will see all of you again next week. See you later, guys.